Hello, Kevin Monjo here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. The feedback on episode 30, Marlon Smoke Williamson, has been absolutely tremendous. I am living my dream with my eyes open every day. What an incredible quote from the current assistant at Central Michigan. Talk about passion and love he has for the coaching profession. How about when Smoke described their defensive system? Stay on punishment. Punishment. Our house is our paint, and you can't have any company in our paint. Wow. I have listened to this 10 times. Awesome insight, Coach Smoke. Finally, the amount of respect that Coach had for the coaches in his life from a five-year-old to now was absolutely terrific. If you have not, check out episode 30. Trust me, you will love Coach Smoke afterwards. Thank you, Marlon Smoke Williamson, for sharing your story. Today, we are talking to Angus Thorpe. Coach Thorpe is currently an assistant coach for Coach Jim Weitzel at the University at Buffalo. Everyone in the MAC, and for sure in his home city of Chicago, knows Coach Thorpe as AT. AT has a wealth of experience. Assistant stops at Buffalo, UMKC, Toledo, Green Bay, St. Louis, Ball State, and Lewis. Actually, AT started his coaching career with Coach Jim Weitzel at Lewis. As you soon will hear, AT and Coach Weitzel have an incredible partnership built on massive mutual respect. And the respect that Coach A.T. has for young coaches in this podcast, simply his belief that he must pass on his knowledge to younger coaches is so good. Coach A.T. shares so many real-life practical examples from his incredible assistant coaching career. By the way, his win as an interim head coach this season was one of my proudest moments of this past season. I love Coach A.T. He is a class act. He has so many attributes that a young assistant coach should emulate. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. Remember, the bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with young coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram, at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter, at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Angris A.T. Thorpe and tell his story. Real quick, before Coach A.T.'s story, I need to tell you about my affiliate partner that I have been supporting since episode one. That friend, Desmond Ferguson, the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. Check out MoneyballSportswear.com. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys, and girls sports attire, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, shorts, you name it, Moneyball has it. Get all your fall gear ASAP. Truly, what are you waiting for? If you are a high school and or AAU coach and you need a new set of uniforms, please reach out to Moneyball. The uniforms that Desmond and his team create are simply spectacular. Go to MoneyballSportswear.com. Shop away. Enter the promo code DRO, D-R-O, in the coupon checkout. Grow with us. Moneyball, the only way to ball. Angris, why do you coach? Great question, Kevin. I think that changes year, year in and year out. Uh, you know, I think when I first started, man, I coached just because it, it was a way to keep me in the game. And to be quite honest, 20-some-odd years later, it's probably still the same thing. Uh, I really love to coach. I love the family atmosphere that is built when you're coaching 
the lifelong relationships that are established. And to be quite honest, man, there's not a day that I feel my act, my actually my age. And I give a lot of credit to that to the guys because, as you well know, man, those guys keep you young, you know, in, in every facet of the game, whether it's in not only a basketball game, but just kind of in life with music, the lingo, the dressing. So, you know, as much as I'm teaching those guys, man, I think they teach me just as much. AT, when did you really fall in love with the game of basketball? God, man, you know, I mean, I have to go back to probably when I was in uh, in grammar school. You know, it was one of those deals where, to be honest, I got tried out for the team and got cut. And, and my dad put a hoop in the backyard, man. And, and I was one of those competitive type kids. Wasn't very good. Now, let's get that clear. Before anything else, wasn't very good. But just kind of enjoyed the play. And then, you know, when I got done with college, got into went into the real world for about a year and a half and just kind of realized, man, I really miss coaching. I really miss just being around the game of basketball. And now as time has grown and, and working working with great coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches, being around great players, man, to be honest, man, I probably love the game more so now than I did 40 years ago. Before we get going, and obviously you're assistant coach for Jim Weitzel at Buffalo, you're one of the coolest guys I know. And just like, I have to believe that just your cool, calm demeanor has to help with your ability to connect with your players. You know, I've always been a relationship guy, I think. And that probably goes back to how I was coached. You know, back in the day when I was playing, you know, it was a little bit different. It was my coach. I felt my, my coaches had a great relationship with me. And back then, it really didn't matter because it was whatever the coach told you to do. It's kind of what you did. It didn't matter because my dad was old school guy. He was the same way. He said, man, whatever coach says is what you're supposed to do, mm. you know, and I'll just give you a, a quick story about that. So I remember going into high school, and I played. Uh, my high school coach was Will Ray, right. who was ended up being he was a, a, a high school, a college college coach as well. And first day we walk in, and he meets my dad, whatever. My dad said, "Coach, look, I'm gonna get right to the cut." He said, "If he gives you any problems, you take care of him, and you call me at home, and I will take care of him once he gets home." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so right then and there, man, I knew. I was I was screwed for the next four years. There's no doubt I wasn't getting away with anything. Yeah, you know I think that compares to today's game. Where I think today's game is a little bit different. Our kids are a little bit different. Where you have to be able to build that trust with them. They have to trust you, not only on the court but also off the court. And the only way to do that is you have to build a relationship with them. You know, and and part of that goes to how they teach me. You know, when I go in and I'm listening to Drake, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh man, coach, yeah, I listen to Drake. Oh my God!" and Mm-hmm. And every now and again, I throw in, throw in my old school, new edition, and the guys be like, "Man, hey man, that was the music my parents had me playing on Sundays when I had to clean up, you know." So they knew the words, and then you know now I've kind of become not quite a shoe head like like some people are, mm-hmm. but every now and then, you know, you got to kind of bring something different to the table, and and that's what I mean. Where as much as they're teaching me, right. I, I'm sorry, as much as I'm teaching them, they're teaching me as well. So. But again, it goes back, I think, the relationship-wise. You have to be able to, these guys have to be able to trust you, and you have to be able to have more conversation outside of basketball. All right, so Jim Weitzel, he's obviously a terrific head coach. Guys were right there 20 minutes away last year from the NCAA tournament. AT, this is your second time working for Coach Weitzel. And I had three years with Coach Weitzel, and every time we'd be in a staff meeting, (laughs) we weren't getting a player. (laughs) Every time we were in a staff meeting, we weren't getting a player. He'd be like, well, AT used to get me these guys at Lewis. So 
And I'd be like, oh, this guy, Angus Thorpe. And then, all right, so you're early on in your coaching career. What was it like working for Jim back when you guys were really just young pups? Uh, you know, it, it hasn't, first of all, the, the, the style has changed. I, I'll start with that. You know, back then, Coach, I wouldn't say he was a control freak, but we ran a lot more stats. We probably played a lot slower. Uh, he probably controlled the game a lot more. Where now, you know, we're, we're, we don't play that way at all. It's more of, Here's our concept. This is kind of what we're looking to do. You know, let's get good players and then let the guys play out of that. You know, so so and part of it, I think the game has changed as well. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit from from back in the day too. But uh, but you know, same things like in the office. You know, as you, as you well know, Coach loves to meet. Yep. You know, detail so that hasn't that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, very deep. You know, that hasn't changed. And you know, he's a very defensive oriented guy. And he was the same way back in the day. You know, so as far as that, you know, nothing much has, has really changed from coach. And I think that, that's what intrigued me to come back and have an opportunity to work with him again. First of all, he treats us very fair as assistants. You know, we've all been around there, man, when you work for different guys. and yep. You know, guys don't treat you fair in some way. And, you know, the biggest thing that brings us together, too, now is that we share Majera's stories. You mm-hmm. know, make coach rest in peace. And yeah. good and bad. And it's not really bad. It's, it's everything. Like I tell everybody, man. Which, what I learned from Coach, what I thought, what people may think was bad, was a learning experience. And sometimes I learned more from, from Coach Majerus when I was gone. Wow. Uh, just watching how his teams took on his personality. And, you know, that first year he didn't quite have his guys. But as time went on, you could see where he really had put his thumbprint on those guys. And I seriously, I watched those guys play. And I felt I learned more being outside of it than being actually inside those doors. And you know, and then Coach and I share a lot of that together. And, and, you know, I think that's, you know, that's another thing I think Coach Weitzel has changed as much is that he gives us, hey, man, we have free realm. You know, he opens up the doors. He's kind of like, what do you guys think? Yeah. I want to know what you guys have to say. And, you know, we've made adjustments, not only in practice, but in games. And he's like, okay, let's go with it. Let's go with it. We're back at, back at Lewis sometimes. It was probably a little bit more, hey, no, this, this, you know, we're going to do this. This is kind of what I believe in. One of the things that I always admired about Coach Weitzel is, you know, right away he was like, Joe, you know, you don't work for me. We work for each other. And mm-hmm. I could really see it on your staff in the last few years, a couple of years. Like during the game, you guys have this amazing collaboration. You guys have a great staff. You know, it's it's almost like a thing of beauty. And, and I think I really give Coach so much credit that he understands he has such elite assistant coaches working with him that he lets all you guys coach. He, he really does. You know, I mean, there, there's been times when, Literally, he'll let us, he'll be like, AT, you go in there, man, you talk to these guys. Yeah. You know, and hey, get, get your couple points across. And, or, you know, sometimes we've got to kind of change the intensity level in there. And then he'll be like, okay, let's bring it together. Enough said. And then, you know, sometimes it's kind of like, you know, he'll be talking and go, AT, what do you think? Yeah. You're right in front of everybody, you know, just because, you know, we had met beforehand and kind of explained some stuff to him. So, you know, same thing with Jamie. He gives Jamie offensively. Jamie, what do you think? It does. It gives you an opportunity to coach. You know, we've been around a long time, man, and sometimes you don't necessarily get those opportunities to be a coach. That, that, and that's one thing I admire about, about Coach White. He kind of, he lets us do that. He lets us have true input. Well, you mentioned being a veteran. I mean, your experience is incredible. Associate head coach and assistant positions at UMKC, Toledo, Green Bay, St. Louis, Ball State, Lewis. What have the past head coaches, you know, helped you understand in this game? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. My, my first job when I was a GA at Loris College, right. a guy by the name of John Lemazita, one of our first meetings, he goes, he goes, tell us, 
you're going to learn a lot from me. He said, and you guys will hopefully all become head coaches. He said, but learn what you want to do or what you don't want to do, mm. you know. And and to me, that that always stood out, you know, because you know how you go through coaches and you're going to pick up a lot of different things. But he, his point was, there's a lot of things that you're going to that you're going to see or, or go through that you don't like. Those sometimes are more important than the other stuff, you know, and a lot of that goes back to, you know, building the relationships or, you know, it's, it's a lot more to than just the X and O's part to it. Everyone can coach. Anyone in our business can coach. You know, every school's got great coaches, got great systems. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all being able to put together. It's all being able to recruit the right guys that fit into your system and can buy into completely. You know, and we see that every every you know NCAA tournament where you get a team. You know, this year or Roberts man who mm-hmm. you know barely barely gets out of the summit and all of a sudden is right on knocking on the door to get to Elite Eight, even maybe maybe even the Final Four. You know, so it's crazy as it seems, but. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned, you know, over the course of this time from all the guys that I've learned. You know, you have to all coach them fair. You have to be hard on them. Yet you have to be, they have to understand where you're coming from. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially in today's game, because, you know, as you well know, there's so many outside influences right. in today's game than it was back in the day. So so that part of it has become a lot harder. But I also think that kids nowadays, they want to reach that maximum level. You know, whatever that level may be. And that's why I think we all have the one, we all share the one common passion. And that's that orange ball. Mm. You know, we all share that. So, you know, it's our job to figure out how we can get to that kid. How can we get him to understand that we share the same vision? We, we all, we just got to get you to understand how to do it within the, within the, the right framework or the framework that we're doing things in. And that's where it makes it really, really hard. But it's also really, really fun. And when you get those guys, like a little bit like we had last year, you know, we kind of figured it out. Yeah. You know, we were 66 and had went through COVID. And, yeah. you know, we were kind of going it all different ways. And all of a sudden, we got it together. You know, we went 10 out of 11. And unfortunately, finish out the way you wanted to finish out. But we can see where, where we were going with that team. Time for a quick 30-second timeout, Coach AT. Getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed at all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You'll also get a great looking podcast website. They provide audio players that you can drop into other websites. They give detailed analytics to see how people are listening. To start your own podcast, follow the link in my show notes. Let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. You'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And this also helps support my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Just a couple of things I just thought of. So you mentioned David Greer when I was at Detroit, just starting off, he shared something similar to me. David Greer is head coach at Wayne State, mm-hmm. has had a tremendous career at Wayne State, another championship last year, but he told me something similar. He said, Dro, you just, every job you're at, you take everything you like and you keep it. And the things you don't like, you just throw it away. <laughs> and You just mm-hmm. keep on moving. One of the things I've been always impressed with you is your loyalty to the bosses that you work for. And you know, we don't have to say like who you didn't like working for and so forth. For a young coach, how does a coach remain loyal when Maybe there's some things that they don't agree with. One, I've been very blessed. Mm-hmm. I tell everyone, I've worked with some unbelievable coaches, you know, and, and, and as hard as, as Coach Majerus may have been, as, as, you know, the former people, he was great with me. Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't have to treat me the way he treated me, mm-hmm. you know. Not to say that every day was, was, was rosy, I'm not saying it at all. 
But at the same time, when I left there every day, I, I thought it was a fair shot. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can ever ask for. You know, the, the biggest thing I would tell young coaches nowadays, man, is like, one, you have to work the job that you have. I, there, there's so many people, man, that start looking, oh, you know, I'm Division Two, okay, you know, I want to I wanna be a Division One guy. Okay, great. You don't get to be a Division One guy if you don't do the right things at the Division Two level. You know, and that's a guy from – that's speaking from experience. You know, I, I remember, man, when I was working for Coach Weitzel and I had a chance to go out to the University of Idaho and was ready to go and then Ball State called and I was like, man, Coach, I'm loyal to Idaho. And he basically was like, no, you need to take yourself out to Ball State. Just to, everything's a lot better about it. You know, and it was it was the best, you know, obviously one of the best moves I made. So I think that was a big, and I, but I wasn't, I was never working to get Ball State or to get Idaho or get whatever. I was working the Lewis job. And I think that's what people have to understand. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and again, things have changed a little bit now. You know, there's a lot more networking going on. You know, I think people have to take advantage of that. You know, there's there's all these these coaching groups that are going on. You know, I'm involved in a couple of them. You know, we're involved in Zoom. And mm-hmm. We exchange text messages and and things like that. Like, I think you have to, you still have to be a student of the game, but you also have to learn from the best and establish relationships with those guys. Because, you know, a lot of times, and we see it every year, right around April, say, like, man, how did he get that job? Oh, wow, how did he get that job? Well, one, he worked his last job. And then two, he you know he created the network, and and I think it's it's all about the right fit. And, you know, every head coach has a certain plan. You know, if I got a job tomorrow, I have a certain idea of who I want to try to hire, right, to, to fill those those needs. And sometimes it's being at the right place at the right time. I'm going to share a quick story. So last year I was at Eastern Michigan for Rob Murphy, and we we come in. I, I think it was an afternoon game. You guys had lost a tough game to Kent State. We're down, battled back, lost in OT. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always love to see you before the game. We're shooting the breeze and, and coach came by. You know, you could tell coach was ready to coach. <laughs> and I just remember, and I don't think coach would mind me sharing this, a great example of loyalty and calmness. You know, you said coach said, got on the bus, said, we want to meet at this time. You said, I told the assistants like, okay, you know, you, you guys could have complained coming off five, six hours of sleep, you know, said, no, we're going to get there. You know, it's tough when coaches lose, like those staff meetings, like assistants almost have to help coach get through to get ready for the next game. And no I just question. remember you sharing, you said like, Drew, we got together, we met, we got everything out about Kansas State, we game plan to beat you guys. And then you guys beat us. And I just thought it was, you know, and obviously you guys had some great players and a great scheme and a great attack. It was a great lesson for me, A, just how elite assistant coach you are, and then B, this calmness. Like how do young coaches have a calmness with their head coaches? I think that's, that's a great question. I think that uh, one, you have to, you have to one, establish a basketball relationship with your head coach. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that, you've got to be able to solve problems before it gets to your coach's table, you know. And that's how you build that. That's how you build that level of trust. There's an academic issue, and you can build that trust before it gets, you you can take care of that issue before it gets to coach. We all know at some point, coach is going to find out. We all know. That. <laughs> you know there's sure. no different assistants. Assistants that think we're just like players. You know, players think, oh man, okay, I screwed up. I'm gonna get away with it. No, we're gonna find out. <laughs> you know, well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> You know, assistants think the same way. Oh, man, you know what? We're going to take care of this. Coach won't ever find out. Coach is going to find out because he's going to walk down the hallway. He's going to run into the academic lady. She's going to make comment. Oh, my God. Joe did an unbelievable job of taking care of the academic stuff. He's going to go back. He'll never say nothing. But what you've done is you you built that confidence with Coach. And then then it just goes into the basketball side. You know, it's, it's like tell I'll tell any young assistant, you're always being evaluated. Mm. Even when you think you're not being evaluated, you're being evaluated. And I learned a little bit of that from a Jairus, you know, just kind of 
you know, I'm working a drill. I've got my my bigs. I'm down there working with them. Doing. He comes over afterwards. Go, man. I watched the entire workout. You did an unbelievable job. You were passionate. You were whatever. And I go, and I learned that because I was like, if I'm ever a head coach, that's exactly what I would do. Because as much as I've got to coach the players, you also got to coach your assistants. So when you get in the game, you have that ultimate trust. So it was like, yo, Joe, Joe comes to me and say, Coach, we need to run. Boom, this. Boom. He said it. He he must see something that I haven't seen. But I've already built a trust with him. I understand where he's come from. I have all the ultimate confidence in him. Now I'm going to listen to him. I need another 30-second timeout, Coach A.T. I mentioned that I'm going to advocate four young coaches this month. Kevin Hickey, Koji Vroom, Zach Verholst, and Charles Devlin. Let me tell you about Zach Verholst. Zach is currently an assistant coach for Coach Donnie Tyndall at Chipola College. Why does Zach want to coach? Quote, relationships, whether it's with the players, the coaches you work with, or other coaches, basketball is a special business that lots of people understand the struggles that come for everyone involved, including the players, coaches, and support staff. Being able to help in a variety of roles at the JUCO level is a rewarding experience that is difficult to replicate, end quote. That's a pretty powerful quote, Zach. I had the opportunity to work with Zach while he was a GA at Eastern Michigan. To me, Zach is a new age assistant coach. That is, he is incredible, merging video and analytics together. In addition, Zach is relentless in how he monitors the transfer portal via social media. Finally, Zach's organization skills are simply off the charts. He could write a college term paper in Excel, and I'm sure he has. However, as good as Zach is with technology, organization, and stats, Zach can coach, and he loves spending time with the players. His ability to create lasting and meaningful relationships with the guys, so great. I saw it firsthand. I recently was asking Zach about his current roles for Coach Tyndall, and if you are a JC assistant out there, you will for sure relate. Video and studying games and practices, academic liaison, scheduling games and hotels, paperwork, managing the budget, coaching, and recruiting for Chipola College. At the JUCO level, you have to be ready to do anything, any given day. Explanation point. Keep grinding, Zach. I know you are attacking each day. It's so fun watching your career take off. So I love Jack Owens, Jeff Rutter. I love the guys at Miami. Great guys. Great staff. <laughs> Unbelievable staff. I, I'm going to say this right now. I love and I absolutely love the Mac staff. I think we all get along. You know, obviously, I don't know all the, the, the newer guys. There's been some changes, obviously. But we still know a little bit of each other, just kind of seeing each other on the road. Yeah. We have an unbelievable, I think, just the respect. camaraderie. Yep. You know, along with the respect factor as well. Yeah. I completely agree. And and I have the ultimate respect of that man and and. You know, that's something that we've talked to a couple guys about trying to do something just because, mm-hmm. you know, we got some guys just networking wise. I think we got some great future head coaches in our league. You know, um, well, I really do. Well, they're going to be a little bit mad at me for sharing this, but I will be honest. I watched all 40 minutes last year when you were the interim head coach. Coach Whitesell had some, you know, there were some COVID issues and mm-hmm. I couldn't have been more happier or more excited for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. For you to have that opportunity to lead the team and then the ways the guys responded for you and the way you guys played, it's one of the best moments of the season last year. How rewarding was that for you to have the chance to be an interim head coach and then to see those guys play for you like that? You know, man, obviously it's 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 an unbelievable feeling. You know, I, I think it's it's like anything else. You 
as much as, as you know, like you say, we're lifetime assistants. Now you get an opportunity to be a head coach and then you have great success. I think it's always, people always say this, you know, more than you think, you know, until mm. you put it, when you, until you put in that situation. Yeah. And I, and I think that's exactly kind of what happened. And, and I have to give all the credit to the guys, man, and to the other staff. I mean, like, we were very well prepared. Those guys did an unbelievable job preparing them. Our guys listened to the game plan. And it helped that I probably threatened them that they wouldn't get back on that plane if they didn't play hard either, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, the bottom line, it, I, I, again, I take all the, the I can't take the credit. I mean, I've got to give it to the guys and, and yeah. give it to the other systems because, I mean, they, it, it was part of it was more so them than it was me I will say I would say this I think but it was a great it was a great feeling afterwards I would tell you that running into the locker room most guys are ready to douse me with water luckily we didn't but <laughs> well how does an assistant coach stay ready to be a head coach preparation I mean I, I think I think like now as, as we prepare practice like even before we meet as a staff I've already and I've already written down practice and plan for me you know and then, so when I meet, you know, you know how do we meet with coach and the yeah. coaches have got his ideas or whatever, but then I'm able to throw things in. And I think a lot of that really helped me last year when I was prepping for, when I was doing all the practices, because what coach White's did, and, and I give him a ton of credit, he basically was like, listen, fellas, he's like, AT, you have this. He said, you do whatever you got to do. He said, you run practice. I'm going to watch it, obviously. And I'll, you know, I'll take notes or whatever. We'll talk afterwards. Yeah. He said, but this is your practice plan. And, you know, it was one of those. It was very fortunate. We had some pretty good practice, and we had a couple bad ones. And you know, he was like, "Yep, now you now you know how I feel. Now you know how I feel. You ready to kick him out? You're ready to kind of figure it out." Yeah. He goes, "Yep, you're ready. You're ready." So, yeah. so it, it was it was an unbelievable experience to, to be able to go through that and actually be able to sit, you know, those 18 inches over. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, obviously texting with you and offering you congrats, but I was also texting with Coach Whitesell last year. You know, I could tell he was genuinely, obviously, he's happy for the guys and the players, but he was really happy for you. So I thought that was a special moment. Unfortunately, you know, so many guys get labeled in this profession, but I, I think you've demonstrated already in this podcast, and we haven't even talked recruiting, you know. <laughs> And I've told you this a thousand times. And I said what, you know, Jim had mentioned earlier about AT getting players. Like, I mean, you're an elite recruiter, but your ability to have relationships with the guys, you know, you ran the team, you show so much and, and do so much in the, within the team. You know, I just love your versatility on these podcasts. Try to promote guys versatility. And, and obviously you're professional and you're just a well-rounded coach. I appreciate that. Thank you. How do you believe a coach can get guys better, though, when you get them on the floor? They've got to buy in. They've got to be completely bought into what you're trying to do. You know, I, I think, you know, the, the, the great thing about now is, is these guys probably watch more NBA games, you know, in one season. And maybe I had an opportunity of watching growing up, you know, so they've got to emulate the right guy. Like everyone can't be a LeBron. You know, those guys are very, very special. you got to look at those other guys and figure out how can I be like those guys? How do I find a way to get into the game? You know, because that's and, and, and it's something we tell our guys all the time is like, I mean, you're never going to be really a one through eight guy unless you work your, you may be down the line, mm -hmm. but probably initially that's hard to be a one through eight guy. Those guys are all, those guys know who they are, but you could be that nine to 12 guy and then all of a sudden work your way into the, you know, those other rotations, you know, and I think you see a ton of that now in the NBA, especially yeah. with these mid-major guys that are going in, you know, so that's, that's our big selling point for us is, is, hey man, you know, we're going to, you're going to go against practice against really good players every single day is one and you know two we're going to have our style of play you know suits you know how we how we do things you know we want to score in the high 80s and you know 
you know, we play with a, with a, with a different shot clock than most teams play with. And I think it's an easier adjustment for those guys. That's why I think some of our alums have had great success as they've gone overseas and had opportunities in the G League because it's been an easier adjustment for them. So you've always recruited some great players. Toledo, whew, man, some guys that haunt us still to this day. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I just think it all, it, you know, it's all, it, it, again, it goes back. I just think, I think relationships is one. Yeah. But two, I think as, as young as, as a young assistant, you got to recruit guys that fit your head coach. Mm. I think too many times we sit there and go, oh man, he could play for me. He could play for me. And you know what? Maybe he can, but he's not playing for you technically. Technically, he's playing for your boss, mm. you know, and that's the important factor. You know, you got to recruit guys that your boss can coach. And those are the ones that I think have great success because of that, you know. And I know sometimes, man, you know, you got to take a chance on guys. And, and we all do. We've all done it. And sometimes they're great. Sometimes they don't work out. But I think the bottom line is you have to recruit guys that your head coach can, can wants to coach, wants to coach. I think and that's the biggest thing, you know, as a young assistant. Obviously, you got you got to check the other boxes, you know, whatever else you may need. But when it's said and done, your head coach has got to want to coach the guy. Your ability to evaluate. How long did it take to trust your eyes? Man, you know, when, when you start out Division three, it's a little bit different because now you recruit everybody, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And then when you recruit, you know, at that level, man, we're recruiting guys. You know, we had to bring in 20 guys, so we're probably recruiting 120 guys just because based on financial aid and all that. So I think that really helped me because I really couldn't turn my head on anybody. I really had to look at everybody and then try to figure out who we felt can fit in. And I think that's what helped me at Lewis when I went to Lewis. Obviously, we didn't recruit as many, but at the same time, it was like, okay, coach, what do you think we need? And then I think that just really helped me. You know, so it's like anything else. I think the more you watch different different kids, you know, it's easy to watch the, the long athletic kids, but if if your coach is a big skill guy, they're not going to have great success. You know, and, you know, we've seen that in the MAC as well. You know, you've got teams that are really, really skilled, and you got other teams that are really, really athletic. but the bottom line, you got to fit the system of what your head coach wants to do. I think what helps nowadays for these young guys, man, all these kids have videos out. You know, you can get on Huddle now, YouTube, mm-hmm. and you know, you can really watch. I'm, I'm an old school guy, to per se. I like to, I like to eye them, just because on video they can say they're six four, in reality they're about six one. Mm-hmm. You know, and more important, see who they're playing against competition wise a little bit better. But nowadays, if you're a young guy, I mean, I think that the more film you can watch on guys just to get a better feel of, of what, you know, what kind of you like and what your head coach will like will definitely help. So with the ability with social media now, is the phone call still the equalizer? Everybody wants to text and message and so forth. But in terms of recruiting, is that the most powerful avenue for you to get on the phone and talk to a kid, his family and people in his life? You know, I, I think for me it is. I mean, obviously, you know, thing is really taking over because I think some kids would rather text and really get on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, but I think once you can get them on the phone, I think you can get into more detail about it. And, and, and again, as you well know, man, now it's just, you've got to recruit everyone. There's just more than recruiting back in the day when it was really just mom and dad right. and maybe a high school slash Juco coach, you know, now you've got to figure out who's, who's the decision maker and the decision maker may not be in that initial household either. You know, as, you know, you figure that's, I think that's where the recruiting has changed so much. Uh, from the past, I think nowadays it's you got it may be the workout guy, maybe the strength and conditioning guy, it may be the the assistant vars assistant junior varsity coach that's got an in with this kid. So 
So you that's where getting on the phone, I think really you have a really opportunity to know exactly who who's helping the kid out. And just by conversation, you know, being able to talk to kids and, and trying to get a better feel of what they're looking for and vice versa, being able social media wise, being able to send those guys videos and things like that of how we're doing things. I think it really helps. When you were back at Lewis, it was almost like a two-man operation, you and Coach Weitzel. Do you think that was almost better at the time or helped you in terms of recruiting where you could just, hey, I saw this guy tell Coach and just it was like so simple? You know, now you get in there and everybody on the staff has seen a guy and you bring him to the table and you meet and you talk. Like, just think about back then. Was it just more simpler to bring guys up to Coach and go from there? No question. 100%. 100%. And part of that is because, I mean, I mean let's, when we, we all have goals. We all have dreams. Yeah. You know, we all want to make that next jump. I mean, who doesn't want to go work at Michigan State or right. or go work at Michigan? Who doesn't? And, you know, we all know and everyone knows in our work, in our business that a lot of that is, is, is about recruiting, you know, who can bring in players. So, you know, everyone's trying to bring in their, unquote, unquote, their guy. And I think that's where it's a little bit different, I think, with Coach, man. Coach kind of lets guys, you do your deal and, hey, man, it, this is a team deal. You know, this this is, hey, you may not be the key figure recruiting the guy. But you, you know the AAU guy really, really well, so you talk to him or you know the workout guy really, really well. So to be quite honest, that's how we've been able to recruit some of the guys we got in this uh, this last recruiting class. It had nothing to do with that being that guy. It was kind of a team a team effort, you know. And the bottom line is guys need to understand, man, the only way you move up, you got to have success. You got to win. Well, that's my, and that's my next point. You know, if you look at your career, winning has always followed you. Why do you think teams win? One, obviously, the, the obvious is you got really good players. <laughs> uh, that's the obvious. I think what people don't realize and guys understand is you have to control the locker room. Mm. I think that's the biggest. You have to control that locker room, especially nowadays, because as we all know, you know, you get 13 scholarships, man. You got all 13 guys think they're going to be first round picks in the NBA. You know, so you have to do an unbelievable job of controlling that locker room. And the more you can do that, and I think I think people are starting to, I mean, you see a ton of it on social media now, a ton of these team activities. You know, like, you know, I give you a good example. Right, what we're doing right now is we're actually reading uh, the Kobe book mm-hmm. as a as a program. Yeah, and and you know what we're doing. You know, I and. and Coach had me lead this book last summer. We read a book over COVID, and Jamie led that one. But, you know, I had him read the first six. Because, you know, the book's got a ton of pictures in it, so it's not a difficult reading. But what it is, it's great conversations come out of that. Yeah, for uh, sure. We we met for an hour and only got through 25 pages. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't as much as me or either of the coaches yeah. talking as much as the guys had looked at it, and the guys all had something to say about it. And, I mean, I think that's how you bring guys back into it. That's how you get them all on the same. That's kind of how you win the locker room. Because, again, it goes back to the same thing. We all have that one passion. We all share. We all love that orange ball. And yeah. I think guys understand you, you've got to win at this level in order to get what you want down the line. I've mentioned Rob Murphy. And actually, Coach Murphy and I ran in each other yesterday. It was, it was incredible. I saw that, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. His son plays tennis, and uh, my nephew's on the same tennis team, and we were just catching up. And, you know, you talk about that controlling the locker room. I don't think Murph would mind me sharing. But, like, Murph would mention or would talk, and I failed Murph in this. Murph would mention how he was at Kent and at Syracuse, and he would spend so much time in the locker room like 
pre-practice, post-practice. You know, at, at the Qs, he had guys over all the time in video games and so forth. But like Murph made it his mission that the locker room, nothing was going to get past him. And it just hit me when you were talking about this. And I, I did a lousy job of that when I was at Eastern working for him. <laughs> but man, for younger coaches, that's just like, a, that's just such a great description and a great lesson. Because you think about it, you work so hard to get all these guys and you want to get them better. And, you know, but they got to become one as a team. And there's so many different agendas. But having that locker room as one, that, that's just that's pretty powerful it, it really is and i think you know that's the advantage of, of younger staff or younger systems mm-hmm. you know you you really should i mean you're not that much older than they are you yeah. know for me you know being 53 years old and i'm dealing with a you know with a 20 year old i mean there, there's a gap there you know there's a huge gap yeah. in, in every every possible way you know so it's just uh the more time but i'm but i'm able to spend with guys individually and it's like anything else i mean now I probably do. I don't spend as much time, to be quite honest, probably in the locker room with them. Mm-hmm. But what I do now, I, uh, I kind of, I, I, I try to make sure I, I converse with each guy every single day. Right. And it, it and it may be a thirty second conversation before practice. Just be like, hey man, you know, you ready? You ready to go? You ready? Just, you know, just make sure that they're ready to go. I tell, like, I touch them. I give them the attention that they all want. You know, before practice, and then you know, sometimes you know, we got the music going, and I go up to a couple guys and be like, "Okay, who is this? You know, this little baby coach, or coach, this is Dre, or this is Boots, you know, whoever it may be." Right. You know, and I have I have no freaking idea who that is. Yeah. Half of the time, you know, but I'm also like, but this is a way, and then I'll go on the other end and be like, "Man, I know, you didn't know this was little baby." Yeah, right. And they'd be like, oh, "You don't know no, you know, whatever." <laughs> but but I think you know how it is. I think that those type of things help. And then bring, I like to bring guys in the office. I like to bring them in the office, man. And now they come in the office and, you know, we either watch film or sometimes we sit there, man, and we just, you know, man, just have a straight conversation about whatever. Right. And it may not even be about basketball sometimes, you know. And, and I just think for me, I'd rather do that because I know now being a little bit older, those guys aren't going to talk as much in the locker room yeah. if I'm around as they will a younger guy. And I, But, again, I think that's where younger guys have to – that's where you get your you, – you, you plant your seed right there. Yeah. You know, now you're going to find out information that's so valuable to the program, you know. And that's why I think, you know, as, as when if you have an older staff, your support staff is so huge, whether it's your video guy, whether it's your ops guy, whether it's a trainer. You know, more guys talk more stuff in a training room, yeah. maybe than anywhere else yeah, outside of the apartment, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, you know, one thing we've done, I think, a really good job of bringing our trainer and say, listen, you got to listen to the kind of to the conversation of what's going on you know because we need to know some of that stuff sometimes we're not in that locker room as much as you know we would like to be or they're not telling us that the stuff you really need to find out about or who's who doesn't get along you know who had a huge argument or maybe who got into a a fight over the weekend they're not going to talk about that you know but we've got to find that stuff out because that's the difference between winning and losing and you guys obviously had an elite strength coach too. So that helps when, you know, that's a great point about support staff. That's, you know, Coach Watson, my college coach, Perry Watson, he, he almost wanted to ban the training room at times because he just felt like it was such a, you know, an area where just, you know, he would be on our trainers hard about staying strong with the guys. And it was it's just funny. You know, it, it's funny because it's, you know, that, that's really the other place outside of the apartments and the locker room mm-hmm. where they socialize at because, as we all know, you know, you got female athletes coming in there. You got other sports athletes coming in there. Right. So they're all conjugated in there, and then they're having conversations. And, you know, you know how it is. A lot of times, man, you find out about, man, you know, 
Uh, yep. You know, Dave broke up with his girlfriend. Well, Dave's not going to do that. But now we know that he broke up with his girlfriend. We got a plan for the worst because Dave's mind, his mind, his, his mindset may not be where it needs to be, you know. And now we can make those adjustments as opposed to, man, Dave's just having a bad practice, coaches all over him, man. And then, then it just returns into one of those bad practices and then you don't get anything accomplished, you know. So, so no, that's kind of why, we, you know, we, we, we try to have our training, try to listen in and try to pick up every little thing they can pick up. And, and I agree with when we had Sean Connolly, man, he was humble. Cause he, he understood that. He, he understood that as being a former athlete, he got that, that man, I got to, these guys are going to be talking and, you know, a lot of times he'd come up to the office and be like, you guys just need to be aware. This is kind of what's going on, yeah. you know, and we, you know, now we can plan accordingly. Yeah. We can prepare a coach for it in our own little way. You mentioned networking. How do you think coaches today should network? I mean, I think now, you know, you, you got to figure out how to get on some Zooms. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's, I think that's the big part. I think when you're out recruiting, go by practices. I think that's the best way, you know, one, you know, you're taking something back that maybe can help your own program. But at the same time now, you know, you're down in, you know, University of Florida and they got a great staff. And right. now, you know, two of those guys just got head jobs. So, you know, now you're down there and all of a sudden you build a relationship with one of those guys. And, and all of a sudden you never know what happens. Or, you know, you know those guys, but someone else is looking, someone else gets a job, but they're looking for someone in your area. All of a sudden they connect, they connect the dots. All of a sudden now you have an opportunity. So I think you have to try to do both. But the bottom line is you still have to work your job. You know, like if I went to Florida's practice, which I love, I'll get some great stuff, I'm sure, from Coach White. And, you know, obviously I know those guys a little bit. so a little bit different for me. But I want to be able to bring something back, too, mm-hmm. that can help our program out. So I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches? Be loyal. Mm. Number one, loyal. Knew you would say that. <laughs> loyal. <laughs> You're, a loyal man. Know, man. You're a loyal man. I appreciate it. I, you know, you, I mean, I just. It goes back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning of it is that, mm-hmm. you know, you got to work your job. And to work your job, you have to be unbelievably loyal, you know, because just like anything else, you you work your job. Somebody else is going to call maybe and inquire about you. And the last thing you want your coach to sit there and go, yeah, man, you know what? I really don't know how loyal he was to me right away. I mean, if I did that, you're off the list. I don't care who you were. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me at all if you're not loyal. You know, because because we all know, man, there's there's a ton of backstabbing that goes on, and I think coaches nowadays, man, they're they're paying more attention to that stuff. You know, we've seen it here in the last year how much of that stuff is going on with some of these audios that have come up and right. guys videotaping other guy. I mean, like it, you know, it's it's just it's become bad for our business. You know, and again, that's the that's the number one thing I would as I was gotta be loyal. The other one is it's like no, I think you got to be a student of the game. Uh, and you got to be able to learn the game within the game. You know, not only on the floor, but it's off the floor. It's it's the networking with with your obviously networking with your uh, administration, because within your administration, you may have one or two of those people are, are going to be associate ads at somewhere else, or so they're going to head a search committee for men's basketball at some point. You know, those are the people you have to have contact with, and then staying in contact with those people. Uh, Especially when you're a young guy, man, when, you know, you're a young assistant, you know, you're working with a young staff, administration staff. At some point, one of them, they're going to be an AD. Yes. They're going to sure. be. And, and as you well know, we've been around long enough, man. You see it how, man, how'd that guy get that job? Ah, they work together at, you know, a university. And now he's, you know, because of the relationship they had, 
now he gets a head job out of it. When I started this podcast, and I'm not naive, like everyone in this profession knows Angus A.T. Thorpe. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) From the minute I thought about this idea, had a conversation with a couple athletic directors and they're like, you know, Gerald, you're in transition. You should try to, you know, figure out a way to stay involved in the profession. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start advocating some guys, you know, with the hope that an athletic director hears this, so forth. And I immediately, and and if I could show my phone email, email with you know the people listening to this and there's a lot of people now listening to this like i was adamant about trying to get you on and i know you're a busy man but i just wanted to tell your story and i knew you'd be incredible i mean you're just an elite person and i I just so appreciative of your professionalism your commitment to this profession spending some time today and just helping so many young coaches well thank you man i I really appreciate it man and and, you know anytime you know i I feel as as, you know as we become older man i think part of our job is, is to help these young guys because you know, college basketball is such an elite sport. And, you know, over the years, you, you know, you grow a passion and a love for it and you want that to continue, you know, and, and I think that's part of our job is like I feel with our younger staff is part of it is I think I try to have to help these guys in certain ways, you mm-hmm. know, in other ways, you know, you got to develop your own style. But like, here's a couple of things that I think that you've got to kind of learn or you got to kind of pick up. And I really appreciate you, man, allowing me to get on here, man. And, and hopefully share at least one thing that, that people don't pay attention to. And again, if it makes them a better coach and if it makes them, makes your staff better and if it helps them win one more game, as long as it's not against Buffalo, then I'm all in for it. <laughs> well, I heard your phone buzzing at the end. So tell Coach White so you're almost done with Dro. So <laughs> what is Drunk? What is Drunk doing? What is Drunk doing? And, and I've been on him about being on a podcast too. So he's coming. <laughs> you have fun getting him on here. Oh, That's I cannot. I oh, I cannot wait. I have so much fun stuff on Coach Jim Whitesome, but he is. <laughs> He is a gem. I love him. You know, that's the other thing too. You talked about networking, but just, you know, I always appreciate the people that have just checked on me like, Joe, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it's just like, and obviously you and Coach White, so when we're, you know, you've been pretty consistent on checking on me. So that's, you know, the, the highest level of networking, but more importantly, the highest level of friendship. So I appreciate everything. You know, good luck with recruiting. Great fall. And uh, can't wait to check out the Buffalo squad this season sounds great man again i appreciate you having me on here man obviously if there's anything i can help you with down the line uh please feel free to use me in any way you can and uh we got to get you back on the sidelines here soon my friend (laughs) all right at thanks buddy all right thank you brother okay bye-bye bye-bye that was a great conversation with coach angris thorpe here are my notes from coach at i have always been a relationship guy You have to work your job. Work that job that you have right now. Great advice on advancing in this profession. You have to establish a basketball relationship with your head coach on how you build trust with your head coach. You are always being evaluated. The Rick McJarris example was really, really good. Preparation on how an assistant coach stays ready to be a head coach. Recruit guys that your boss can coach. The only way you move up is to have success. You have to win. You have to control the locker room on why teams win. So good, Coach AT. When you're out recruiting, go to a college practice. Be loyal. You have to be a student of the game. Finally, I love the respect that Coach AT has for his current boss, Coach Jim Weitzel. AT showed so many great examples of how Coach Weitzel lets his coaches coach. However, to me, it is simply how AT always called Jim Weitzel coach. 
the ultimate level of respect. Makes sense why Buffalo was 20 minutes away from an NCAA tournament last season. I would not want to be playing those guys this season. Oh, by the way, my son JJ's bus stop is at the house of a super nice gentleman who wears a Buffalo shirt just about every day. And every morning, I think of Coach AT and Coach Weitzel and the incredible team and staff there. Thanks, Coach Thorpe, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. And we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe, be you, keep coaching, and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.